and welcome to today's Unpacked Short. I'm Charlie Pickles. I'm joined, of course, by Peter Franklin. Hello. And today we are talking about air travel, or more specifically, whether given climate change, given um, the need to protect the planet, which Peter is a big fan of, um, very green, uh, probably the greenest person actually in our office, um, whether we need to restrict the use of aeroplanes. Peter, explain why we're talking about this. Well, it comes from um, a study uh, which shows that emissions linked to tourism are more than previously calculated. And I think that's because they um, they took into account not just the air travel, the, well, the all travel components, but also various other supply chains necessary to providing tourism services and products. And actually they found that it was three times higher than previously thought. So we're not talking a kind of marginal um, difference here. So a huge impact on the environment. Yes. Um, and so you then go on uh, in the Unpacked to look at an idea that's been put forward by Sonia Soda in The Guardian. Yes. Um, well, she specifically is looking at air travel. Um, and that's because... Um, there's few things which will be harder to decarbonize than aircraft. Um, there's, you know, there's no such thing as an electric passenger aircraft. You know, the only thing they've managed to electrify a very light aircraft. Um, and um, so, how on earth is that going to be decarbonized once our carbon budgets? get so tight that you know we can't accommodate air travel anymore which by the way there's a big global increase in demand for so two um two um sort of trends are rushing at each other head on how is it going to be resolved and so um we'll come back to whether we might be able to envision a uh, a way of flying around the world that is carbon neutral but for now, what is Son- Sonia's proposition for, in part, solving this, or at least helping to reduce the impact of air travel? Well, how, how is it? How, how can you constrain air travel, given increasing demand for it? Um, well, you make it more expensive, and you could do it by taxation, um, slapping on a sort of big carbon tax onto every flight, every air mile, perhaps. Um, But she says that's unfair because you'd be pricing the poor out of the sky. You know, if you're adding a a cost per mile, that's obviously going to fall hardest on the people with the least money. And you can't really design a progressive taxation for, for, you know, well, if you've got this sort of income, this is your carbon tax. And if you've got higher income, then your carbon tax is higher. So, So you would have to go with a flat rate, which will, by definition, then be regressive. Indeed, yes. So she proposes an alternative, which is that everyone gets a sort of an allowance, a free allowance of of air miles. And um, if you want to fly more than those, then you have to buy someone else's allowance. So what what kind of allowance would I get then? Because I like to go to America several times a year. Would would that be the sort of allowance I would get? I think you might find yourself over budget there. Then I'm entirely <laughs> against this idea. <laughs> well, this is the issue, you know, if you want to constrain air travel, then people who travel a lot will have to travel less or persuade people 
who by paying them um, who don't travel perhaps not at all or only very occasionally um, to give them their allowances so in theory peter if you didn't travel and didn't want to use your air miles i could buy those in, in yes. sonia's idea i could buy them off you yes well, I'm, um, sure, I'm sure we could come to an arrangement a very reasonable <laughs> price um but obviously it wouldn't be person to person she envisages some sort of um clearing system kind of exchange, an exchange yeah. um and people could just sell and trade them that way Okay, but I mean, so I get that this could be fairer because um, everyone starts off with the same amount and actually if, you know, tax obviously might, if I'm a low income person, might price me out of it. Whereas if I have my allowance, then I can still fly. And of course, I could sell it to increase my income. Mm. But it's still not really fair, is it? Because if I have a low income, I'm not going to be able to buy someone else's air miles. So wealthier people are still going to have much greater choice and much greater ability to fly around the world. Well, that's true. But because everyone would get at least some, you know, say, three short haul flights, I think is what she suggested, then everyone could, you know, would have the option of using those in theory. In practice, I think the opportunity costs of using your allowance rather than um, selling it on uh, would mean that um, if you are poor, um, then, you know, you, you wouldn't really have any choice but to cash it in. Um, so the the effect would be the, the same. You're pricing poorer people out of the skies. In your piece, though, Peter, um, you don't seem to favour Sonia's idea over a tax. Yes, well, that's because I think that a tax could be fairer. Now, that, that, that might seem strange because... Um, Sonia Soda's system would provide the poor with an income, right, from, from you know, the, the allowances they've been selling to richer people. Um, and you might think, well, that's not too bad a deal. Um, however, if government was collecting the revenues from, say, a flight tax, then it could use those in such a way to benefit the very poorest people. Um, as it is, um, the say the congestion charge in London or other big cities, um, that's collected by the states and then used to fund public transport, which disproportionately benefits poorer people. And is better for the environment. And is better for the environment. So it's not necessarily the case that a tax would be unfair. It all depends how the revenues were used and who they benefited and in the case of air travel it could be used to benefit the very poorest people in the world that are already suffering from the effects of climate change um, you know subsistence um, farmers for instance that um, you know see crop yields down or sort of hit by sort of climatic disruption um, that would seem pretty fair to me as well whereas Sonia Soda's system in effect, just transfers wealth from um, frequent flyers to non-flyers, irrespective of how rich they are. Although those, um, relatively speaking, uh, poorer families in more developed countries may not find that as attractive if they are priced out of flying. Indeed, yes. 
I did say I would come back to the question of can we see a future in which uh, flying could be carbon neutral? Very briefly, Peter, can we well, see that? Well, I hope so, but I don't think either taxation or a sort of cap-and-trade system will work with flying because I think demand from countries like China and India, etc., is going to be so big that anything we do in the West will be um, overwhelmed. So we need a technological solution. And perhaps... The use of renewable power to split hydrogen and then use that hydrogen to make renewable jet fuel, um, which is carbon neutral, would be our best hope. But, you know, so far, it's not really there in any sort of commercially viable um, sort of technology. Um, So as things stand, we don't have solutions to to, um, you know, the problem of air travel and keeping within carbon budgets. And yet with the pace of technological change and scientific advancement, maybe, just maybe, we might see uh, your solution in reality. And I think just sort of mild taxation, at least, would provide a spur to that innovation. And the promise of harsher taxation in the future might do it as well. Well, there we go. Thank you very much, Peter. Thank you, James, uh, for producing this podcast. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Please do rate the podcast uh, if you have done. And also make sure you're a subscriber so you get these straight to your provider. (music) 